Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Matthew Bivens here, and today I am doing this episode without Sarah. It's not because she's sick or because she got tired of hosting with me, but it's because I'm bringing you a really unique conversation that I had with a man named Scott Kirschenbaum where we are just two fellas broing out on birth. Now, Scott is a doula, a director, and a producer, and he recently created a truly amazing film called These Are My Hours. It is a, a, a birth film, and it's an intimate immersion into a woman's experience of giving birth. And what he and his team did is that they really focus on a woman named Emily, and the film is all about her experience of birth in the hours of labor. So the film really takes you deep into the physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual experience of giving birth. And it's told all through Emily's perspective. It's moving. It's powerful. It's intimate. I cried. It was amazing. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And so in this conversation, Scott and I talk about the process of making the film. But honestly, what we really wanted to dig it, get into, and really get across in this conversation is the importance of men getting involved in the birth experience of their partners. We wanted to talk about the importance of men stepping up and showing up as powerful supporters to the soon-to-be mamas. And that's why we did this conversation with just the two of us, two guys talking about birth. Because you don't see that. You don't hear that very often. You know, we as men can frequently and just easily take a backseat approach to everything birth, where we just do what our wives and our partners tell us to do. However, when we take an active interest in birth, and not just in birth, but in the birth world and the whole birth experience, then everything shifts. So my hope in this conversation is that the men listening will be inspired 
to reflect on how they're showing up for their partners and to really step up and just take a more active a role in the entire birth experience. So for you who want to go and rent the movie, you know, we're going to talk about the movie in the conversation, but you can go watch These Are My Hours um, at their website, thesearemyhours.com. And we have a unique code for you, a special code that's going to get you 30% off. So when you're on Vimeo about to rent the movie, plug in the code BIRTHISRAD, all caps, BIRTHISRAD, R-A-D, to get 30% off of your rental. All right. Before we get into my conversation with Scott, I want to send a little bit of love to our sponsor, Milk and Honey. So Milk and Honey creates breast milk jewelry. And honestly, I had no idea that was even possible. But they have come up with this really amazing way to commemorate the breastfeeding journey in these pieces of jewelry. And Sarah got one, and it is beautiful. It's this beautiful ring with this stone on top that is Sarah's breast milk. You know, I watched Sarah pump this milk and send it into Milk and Honey, and they turned it into this amazing ring. And each one of their rings are custom made, and they're just an awesome keepsake that mamas can have for, you know, something that's so special. That breastfeeding journey is incredibly intimate. It's incredibly special. And when it's complete, it can be very, very emotional. But Milk and Honey has done an amazing thing to help commemorate that experience. So go check them out, milkandhoney.jewelry. That's their website, milkandhoney.jewelry. And when you use the code D-I-A-H, you're going to get 15% off of your total. Again, the code is D-I-A-H. Go to Milk and Honey Jewelry and get yourself an amazing, amazing breast milk custom-made ring or piece of jewelry because they have more than just rings. Last time, milkandhoney.jewelry, D-I-A-H, is the code that will get you 15% off your total. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Scott Kirschenbaum, the director of These Are My Hours. Scott, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. How are you, man? Great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. And I am very excited about this episode because it's something different that we haven't done on the show yet. And it's just you and I, two two dudes. And uh, like you put in your email, two fellas broing out on birth. And I think that is really fantastic because you don't hear these types of conversations. You don't see these types of things happening all the time. So once again, Scott, really, really appreciate you carving out some time today. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk with you for sure. Very cool. Well, you are a doula, you are a director, you're a producer, and you've created um, a really fantastic uh, documentary movie. And we're going to get into that. But first, I want to know, how did you get, you know, you're a guy, like, how did you get into birth work, man? Well, it all started, I, I finished a film about one woman with Alzheimer's disease, and my producing partner, Gracie, um, had just given birth at home. I was around 33 years old, and we were driving out to an eco-village in rural Oregon, and we had about three hours ahead of us, and her daughter was crying in the back seat. I figured it would be a great time with the idyllic scenery around us for me to hear my first birth story. So I said to Gracie, you know, I've never heard one of these before. I promise I won't interrupt you. Just tell me it all. I want to hear every last detail about your experience giving birth because I knew 
that no matter how much Gracie, how passionate she was about film, her number one passion for sure was being a mother and giving birth uh, was such a transcendent experience for her. So she walked me through all the last, all the details of her labor experience and where everyone was positioned, how she moved through the different phases of labor, and you know how everyone came together afterwards. And by the time she was done telling me the story, I said to her, "That sounds like the best screenplay I've ever heard." Because um, I really am attracted by uh, one, one location films. I think that's like kind of a niche that I'm interested in. And she told me the story and then I, her birth story. And I, then I started doing some research and I saw that there's just, there have been no films about a woman's experience giving birth. And then beyond that, there are no books or plays or operas or movies, you know, or TV shows. There's nothing about a full experience that a woman has giving birth, which seems bonkers to me, given that's arguably the oldest ritual in all of civilization. So um, obviously the Eureka moment hit for me. And then it was just a matter of saying, hey, can I, as a guy, pull this off? Can I enter this space that is so foreign to me? Um, And thankfully, a wonderful um, crew of birth workers and birth keepers sort of welcomed me in and started teaching me how this all works. Wow. That's amazing. So what did it do for you um, hearing that birth story? Well, especially hearing it, my you know one of my best friends and you know who I consider my work wife. I know hearing her birth story was monumental because it was so different than I ever imagined it being. You know, the agent of action throughout the entire description was my friend Gracie in labor. It was never the case that anyone was directing her or telling her what to do or where to go. She was always the center. And around her, she kind of had this, you know, these guards, if you will, or support and witnesses in the form of her mom, her midwife, her partner, um, a few of her close female friends. And also there were a few teenage girls who were there as well. And so just kind of understanding, tapping into like the matrilineal um, glory of it all, just seeing that these young women were experiencing birth for the first time as well. Um, these teenage girls and that they would be comfortable with the idea that birth can be something that is positive, even, even though it is tremendously challenging and difficult to see Gracie experience this kind of heroine's journey of labor, I think was transformative for her community. And also for me to hear it, I just was ecstatic to know that she was the protagonist. It's not, you know, in the movies, you always see when you enter a scene of a woman giving birth, you always start often with like B.O.B., directing traffic, or you start with an image of the woman's vagina. You know, the camera's just pointed right up there, but you never start with the woman's face and you never start from her sort of psychological perspective. So across the board, I thought it was amazing. You know, it was really enthralling to hear the story. And then I also would just add, I've, you know, because I've lived in different kind of more, uh, I'd say, hippie or um, back to the land kind of dynamics. I hear about rituals and ceremonies all the time, you know, be they sweat lodges or vision quests or ayahuasca ceremonies or any of these kinds of things. And I always hear guys go on and on about their experiences with that. But I never hear the same reverence and respect being afforded to women who have experienced 
their you know births, and that's just shocking to me because it seems like it deserves even more attention than these rituals and ceremonies. So, to me, it it just feels like such a big societal need right now to hear more birth stories and have a positive framing for birth. Oh, I totally get that. And you had a um, I watched a video you were giving a a presentation at the Indie Birth Conference, and you talked about how you know society will. Uh, celebrate, celebrate, and glorify like the gladiator, you know, like mm-hmm. that that very masculine uh, figure who you know triumphs over adversity or whatever, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yet, just like what you said, we we aren't recognizing or talking about or celebrating just the beauty and the power and the grace of women going through that incredibly natural, amazing ritual of giving birth. And so, it sounds like that really struck you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and I would just add, you know, there's like this whole kind of holistic or the cycle of birth also involves, you know, in terms of not hearing these stories, you know, I also think that we need to have more space for hearing about women's miscarriages, their experiences with miscarriages and also, you know, if a woman experiences any form of trauma during birth, just having space for these conversations to occur uh, because it shouldn't be some competition where only women who have had the most like monumental birth experiences that only they feel comfortable telling their stories or that they don't feel comfortable telling their stories because they don't want to make other people feel bad or they don't want other people to be upset with them. I just think we need to get more comfortable with birth. And I knew that I had to get more comfortable with birth because here I was, a 30-something-year-old guy, completely ignorant about birth. So, you know, to me, yes, a number of men that I know laughed at the idea that I was going into this subject matter. But I, I feel like you can talk about every issue in the world where there is, you know, concern and you know, political questions, but the starting point should be, let's get more comfortable with birth. I hear you there, man. I mean, being the co-host of a birth podcast, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm the only one that I know who does something like this within my my peer group. So I, I can understand yeah. and relate to that. So, um, so talk to me about you being a doula, was pursuing <laughs> and, and being a certified birth doula something that you wanted to do to help um, kind of get into that world more or did you and do you have do you work with families that are that are that are pregnant yeah I at some point in time in pre-production I started to realize that I didn't understand quote-unquote the language of birth you know 
in terms of how people speak about birth and how doulas and midwives speak about birth. I didn't understand that sufficiently. Um, and so I figured that it was more important for me to be, you know, grounded energetically in the birth space and understand how a doula moves through a birth space than it was for me to say, give instructions to the cinematographer of where he was supposed to be positioned for a particular shot. So I just figured in pre-production that that would be the best step I could take in terms of um, becoming more uh, aware of what the the work the landscape of birth is um, or um, the setting of birth. So that was the main motivation for doing a doula training. It was also you know pretty tremendous to be with a group. I think there were like 24 women doing the training with me, and uh, we were in Santa Cruz for a weekend, and it was just awesome to be welcomed into that space. Um, to be taken seriously, to be able to ask questions and, you know, from a place of complete naivete on my part. And um, now I, I definitely have attended uh, other births since we filmed this movie, and I would love to attend more births moving forward. Uh, it's definitely not my, you know, everyday work. Uh, I don't, you know, only do dual work. I, my, my focus is primarily on film, but I also love the idea that I, I now feel comfortable in, in the space of birth. And I, you know, I would love to support families. I, I would love that opportunity, you know, and I also know from what I hear, you know, it's a little trickier being a man doing doula work or being a man doing midwifery work. So I, I recognize that there are that those kind of like societal hurdles. And I just hope that families will respond to me as positively as Emily and Jason, the subjects of the film, as they did uh, in advance of, of doing this project. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you talk about feeling comfortable. And that was interesting. Right? When you said that, talking about like, getting comfortable with birth, I, um, you know, we watched the movie yesterday, and we watched the film, and these are my hours, the movie that you made. And there was a part of me, if I'm being honest, that, like, at the beginning felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, like, th that's almost always there. You know, Sarah and I have watched all, a lot of different birth videos and documentaries. And when we were pregnant, watching home birth videos and feeling uncomfortable, yet wanting to experience and, and get into that, you know, I've, ex I've felt that. And so talk to me a little bit about how you became comfortable with birth and and then eventually I want to talk about like what can men do mm -hmm. to feel mm -hmm. more comfortable with birth which you know for me leading up until before we got pregnant it was sort of like that's not something I'm really supposed to even think about you know like yeah, that's absolutely. that's <laughs> that's what my my partner my wife will think about but now being on the other side of the experience being on the other side of this work talking to folks like yourself I understand how huge the role is of the of the husband of the partner to support. So there's a lot packed mm -hmm. into that for me into that statement. So just talk to me a little bit about how you became comfortable with birth. Absolutely, and I I do hope that I'm able to um, address both parts of that question because I think it's I mean something that's really been present for me over the last week, especially. Um, but in terms of my own comfort. 
I will say that, you know, truthfully, there was never a time that I it just conceptually, there was never a time I could be fully comfortable because I didn't know if we would even pull this off. You know, this mm. was the, this is the ultimate, I mean, now, I don't expect a medal from anybody, but there's nothing more challenging than trying to produce a birth documentary where you have to fly a crew. I had to fly a crew out from San Francisco uh, and New York City. We had eight people come in. You know, I didn't know if we would get our window right of time, you know, of time right. And we we needed to start installing our equipment and prepping her uh, Emily's entire home space and making sure she was comfortable with everyone on our team and just working with her birth team and her community. And we, you know, the clock was running all of the time and it was just the key consideration for everyone is let's not, you know, let's not freak out. This is Emily's show. This is Emily's labor, and we're going to listen to her. We're going to respond to her. And, you know, Jason, her husband, was incredibly great at kind of just, you know, being this um, uh, sort of guide for us in terms of how to navigate her their house um, without causing undue stress on Emily. You know, at any point in time when there was a moment, where, you know, because we're bringing tons and tons of equipment in there, and we even created a rig system on her ceiling in her living room uh, so that the camera could hang down and the cinematographer could move through the living room with Emily during the course of her you know, labor. Uh, there was, so there was never any like tremendous comfort. It was never a case. It was never the case where we said, Oh, we've got this. Even after we finished filming, we were still unsure what we got uh, because this was a really big risk um, trying to pull this off. Uh, and shoot this film the way we did. Um, having said that, we were comfortable with our, our preparation, our process um, of how we entered the space. And we, you know, our line producer was a, a mom who had given birth, you know, in her own, you know, just really was comfortable with her own birth experience as well. So we had those kind of influences. We brought in birth practitioners to give us kind of pep talks before we started filming. But, you know, given the fact that I was woken up at 3 a.m. and the crew had to start filming, at, you know, within 10 minutes, it was just we, we just needed to be ready all day, every day. Um, so I, I think the way you described that question of comfort really speaks to the paradoxical you know, nature of making this film. And it's exciting for me. You know, I know it's kind of on a parallel uh, it's a parallel perspective from how say, people approach birth, you know, I'm not, you know, because I'm thinking about it also as like, how do we make the best piece of art that we can make? Um, so I love that challenge. I love the risk of it. And I love the, um, the questions that we need to sort out and that we maybe don't ever find answers for through the course of the filming process. That's why we, we film, we make, that's why I make documentaries because, um, you know, you're kind of on a scavenger hunt, but you don't know what you're looking for. And you just hope that in the end, when audiences see the finished film on the big screen, that they're pleased with the result. And, you know, for me, I just knew that there were going to be intense and incredibly intimate moments and that hopefully people would laugh and cry with the, with Emily during the course of her labor. Um, in terms of men, you know, to get to your second, the second part of your question and, and men being more comfortable around birth and after birth and, and raising babies. 
this has been something that I've really been wondering about a lot over recent the recent weeks because I hear a lot of male friends and I you know I don't want to call them out at all but say they say things like you know oh I just follow my wife's lead or you know she usually knows the answer of the, for these things or you know whenever this happens she takes care of it and I just you know I'm I don't know I'm not a parent myself but I it seems to me that the onus should be on us as well to become as comfortable and familiar with this entire trajectory as possible. I certainly believe that I would be willing to do this work if if you want to even call it work. I'd say it's a privilege. And to me, in terms of comfort, I think it's all epitomized in one kind of image to me. And that is uh, waking up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, baby's crying and wants to feed. And the question of, you know, if you're a male partner and you wake up uh, how do you respond? Are you angry that you're woken up from your sleep or are you there and saying, how can I meditatively support uh, my wife during this feeding process or trying to help the baby get back to sleep? That to me is the crux of this because I've heard men bemoan that, that experience and be like, oh, dang, I have to sit up with the baby now as opposed to like, this is the greatest treat imaginable, even though it is the middle of the night you know, I'm only going to get so many of these moments. Why can't I cherish this moment, even if it is less than ideal? You know, so that that to me is what I'm trying to understand better among the men that I'm encountering through the course of showing, screening this film and talking to them about the, say, the first year in the baby's life. Yes, you know, we all should believe in like the notion of Mama Toto and the, the connection between a mother and her baby. I wholeheartedly support that. And I would just like to challenge men, especially close men that I know who are doing all sorts of deep explorations in their personal work and their creative work to also geek out on birth, become experts on some aspect of this whole process, whatever it is, so that you can show up strong as a partner. I think that's just crucial. Like it's, you're never going to be a hundred percent comfortable, but, but make sure you're a hundred percent ready for whatever is, is, is coming, you know, during this process. So that's what my encouragement would be to any, you know, partner who's waiting for um, his baby to come or also someone who's struggling in the first month of a baby's life uh, to just figure out, you know, show up as a man, show up and really um, be present. I love that, man. I, I, I love I love what you just said, uh, because I've had conversations with um, dads who've, who've listened to the show and have wanted to reach out just to talk about, you know, just to get some, some feedback. And a lot of the conversations are around how do I support? How do I be there? And, you know, it, it's really fascinating to, for myself, from what I experienced and then what I have sort of seen, you know, what you described as it's 3 a.m. And, and the baby wakes up, how do you process that as a man or as a partner? Um, I absolutely think says a lot and, and speaks a lot. Mm-hmm. And before we hit record, you and I were just talking and you were sharing um, about how one of your, I think you said she was your, your doula teacher, um, how she mm-hmm. talked about the most important person in that room in terms of like in a hospital room, hospital setting, supporting the the mom who's going through is that powerful empowered you know confident 
partner or male who's there supporting them. And I think that idea mm-hmm. of, you know, you, you talked about how guys can geek out over birth. I just think that idea of the, the, the man, the partner who is there as this pillar, this, this person that, you know, the, the mom as she's going through pregnancy and as she's experiencing the, the, the onset of labor and as she's, you know, transitioning through all of those, those different stages, having that partner, that support that is there and can be there for however they need to be there. Right. Like, cause, cause as the, as a dad, sometimes you need to be active. Sometimes you don't need to be active just for, for guys who are in that role for partners who are in that role, being that support. I think it's just so important and it really, really impacts the whole experience when we step up and stepping up mm-hmm. can look like many different things, but when we step up, it impacts mm-hmm. everything. Like you said, impacts the whole room. It impacts you know, mama, it impacts all of it. So I just, you mm-hmm. know, I, I want the, the partners who are listening right now just to be thinking, how can I step up, you know, and mm-hmm. to recognize when they're, they're doing, like you said, that 3 a.m. thing where, you know, making it about themselves and because it's easy to do, you know, nobody wants to get woken up at 3 a.m., but then thinking, how can I step up <laughs> in this situation? I just, I, I love, I love that we're getting into this right now. Yeah, and I also, I mean, I would add, you know, and you, with you using kind of this expression, a step up expression, to me, that does not mean that a man should be the hero or the leader or making, you know, I hear a lot about these men making commentaries during the labor. To me, all this means is to just be cognizant of this entire experience and know that these, like, the, especially, you know, the afterbirth, I've heard. I've heard stories and people mention to me things that doctors and nurses have said, or, you know, and maybe other birth workers have said to women after they gave birth. And I'm just like, it's shocking and appalling. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's not everyone, but I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, you never let someone speak to your wife like that. If you were at a bar or a restaurant, you'd never let them say such sort of catastrophically even like apocalyptic languaging in the hours after your wife gave birth. You, you can't let that happen. And it just is a matter of really saying, you know, and this is why my doula teacher said this to us because she gave us the example of a husband who was in the room and a, I think a nurse walked in and said something incredibly condescending to a woman like 30 something hours into her labor. And the man asked the, the nurse super calmly to leave the room, to go outside with him. And he said to her, I appreciate what you've done to support us thus far. And I would respectfully request that we have a new nurse work with us moving forward. Mm. And I just thought that's, that's exactly what um, a man can do to support a labor, a woman in labor and yeah. her part, his partner. So um, I just think that there's a, a range of opportunities there and it's never about being the hero. Having said that, you know, and I, I don't know if you've seen Ali Wong's new comedy special, but I think it's, it's fascinating and telling that she, she comments that a lot of the, you know, her husband, um, after, you know, he shows up 10% of the time for the baby, you know, he goes to work and then when he comes home <laughs> and he spends an hour with the baby and he's like, I deserve, you know, everyone's yeah. recognition and everything. Yeah. And it's like, dude, come on, just cause maybe you're making more money at that moment in time, maybe just cause that's happening does not mean that you are pulling more weight than your wife is or your partner is. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I, I feel like that's a societal thing. Like we will praise the dad who makes it to the appointments. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to go to the appointments, dads and partners. It's awesome. But you don't really deserve a medal for showing up at the appointments. That's just my opinion, right? Like yeah. that's, that's part Absolutely. of it. That's, that's, the, that's the responsibility. That's what you've signed up for. And it's funny. You talked about the Ali Wong documentary or the um, comedy special. We did a whole episode on it <laughs> like a couple of, <laughs> couple of weeks ago because Sarah watched it and loved it. And um, yeah. you know, getting back to the idea of the support, I really loved watching the moments in, in the film, These Are My Hours, where, uh, where Jason was, was in the frame as well. Jason, to me, mm-hmm. was a strong silent supporter there was in in his eyes and in his mannerisms there was so much trust in in his partner and what she was experiencing and that she could experience it and that even though there were challenges and there was discomfort that you know she was really tapping into that beautiful powerful part of her and he was just there you know he was there and that's the you know however we want to say it, step up or whatever it is, being that sort of support, I think is, is beautiful. And I love your example of the, of the dad who calmly just steps out and, and talks to the nurse because, you know, that's, that's what we can do as partners. And Sarah and I did hypno babies um, when we were, when we were pregnant with Maya. And one of the things in hypno babies, they talk about this bubble you know, there's this there's this bubble around mama, and you only want empowering, healthy, uplifting ideas, conversations, you know, things going into that bubble. And mm-hmm. one of the responsibilities as as the partner is to ensure that that's what's going on. We don't want to let things into the bubble that are going to negatively impact mama. And I loved that. That was a very simple analogy that I could wrap my mind around. That yeah, one of mm-hmm. my jobs, one of my responsibilities is to keep the crud out of the bubble. Whatever that Absolutely. looks like. You know, it might Absolutely. be it might be people who want to come and just dump their fears onto Sarah because they may have had some challenges and, and they want to say that, you know, you might experience this and you might expect that. And if I'm keeping that context of, you know what, let me keep this stuff out of the bubble. Then mm-hmm. I think for me at least it was easier to step up in those moments and do what I needed to do no matter what it was but do what I needed to do to keep the stuff out of the bubble. So I just, uh, I really liked your example and, and that helps to bring it around for me, this whole idea of, you know, let's just, let's just be those powerful, supportive, you know, partners. And um, Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so mm-hmm. let's pivot real quick, man. Let's talk more about the film. Because mm-hmm. this film was is an incredible. And like I said, Sarah and I watched it yesterday. And... I haven't seen anything like it. Really haven't seen anything like it. So what was it like for you? You know, you talked a little bit about why it was important to do this film. But when it was complete and you went back Mm -hmm. and watched it, like what did it do for (laughs) you in terms of like, you know, this is now going to be added to the the cultural uh, narrative and story around birth? What did all of that do for you? Well, you know, we premiered the film in March in Greece at of the this Thessaloniki year. of this year at the okay. Thessaloniki Film Festival, and I can tell you that the moment I knew we had something was after our first screening when I saw that there were twenty-something-year-old girls crying next to seventy-something-year-old men who were crying. Mm. That that was pretty moving for me. Um, you know, beyond that. It's just, I, I hear all the time, you know, in these last three to five years, depending on how you look at it, of my time in the birth world, about how, like, no one takes birth seriously in our culture and that we don't have enough narratives or stories around positive birth experiences. And to me, you know, it's amazing to hear that people are responding so well to the film. And I, I, I'm, and I, I must say, like, I want, with every project I'm doing, like, I can't, you know, there's just no doubt about the experience, the making of it. There can be no, you know, I just have to keep fighting for it. Like, we were rejected by every grant we applied for, which was, you know, you know, because people said, what's so social justice about a woman giving birth? Why should we care about this when there's everything else going on in the film? Or, sorry, excuse me, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, it's just like been an endless uphill battle towards legitimacy to, to gain legitimacy, not just in the birth world, but as a film, you know, I want people to take this seriously as a film and, you know, especially it's a, a one, essentially, you know, a, a, for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of just one, one 97% of the film is probably Emily alone on the screen. Yeah. Um, working her way through the labor, but we know that she's supported, that she has that bubble around her of positive witnessing. And so, you know, I'm ple- I'm very pleased with the results so far, and there's still a lot more work to do. Um, there's a lot more work to do in terms of what, you know, use the term stepping up. And I want, you know, I'm, I'm begging the world right now, especially men, even if they're not in the birth world, especially if they're not in the birth world, to watch this thing and take it seriously. And, you know, I'm, I'm betting that they will have 10 moments during the course of watching the film that they've never had before in any movie, you know, and it's not to say this is the greatest film in the world. That's definitely not the case. I'm just saying, I want people to give this a chance to say birth and film deserves 53 minutes of their time and attention. Um, so I feel very motivated. I'm like, uh, my, you know, really humbled by the response so far, 
and I know there's a lot more work to do. You know, I wish that we could say, hey, we're done, but, you know, I unfortunately am not, I don't have the cred that Ricky Lake had, you know, when she made the business of being born with Abby Epstein. Uh, and, you know, I really am trying to get the entire birth world to rally around this film and tell people outside of their communities, outside of their birth communities, like, you should see this, this matters, this is an experience that is symbolic of what, you know, if we're talking about the feminist movement and women's, you know, movement, then this movie, I hope, deserves some, you know, place in that conversation. Um, yeah, so I feel pleased and uh, it's, it's incredible. You know, we did three sneak preview events that got standing ovations and that was pretty awesome. And, you know, I must say, I want more. I mean, we need more um, because I want to have a bigger impact with this film. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, uh, we've watched, like I said, we watched a lot of, of films, Sarah and I, um, and there were at least 10 moments. You're right. Where I experienced something in the film that I hadn't experienced in others. And I'm thinking back on it. One of the most powerful was watching Emily's face as she would experience the contractions and and as she would let that wave wash over her, her face would transform from from like anticipation to you know the sensation would would come over her, and then a peace, and then it was just the words that I'm using do not do justice to describe what you saw in those close ups because those shots would be right in you know right there, and um mm-hmm. so intimate, man, so incredibly intimate that epitomizes who Emily is. You know, she trusts her body um, and she doesn't hesitate, you know, in terms of how she navigates labor. Um, And it really, for her, I think, you know, that bubble analogy, she talks about a cave a lot as well, Mm. you know, that she's creating this cave for herself, this space that she's going to work through and she's just listening to her body. I think a lot of times, I mean, I'm, definitely no expert on birth, but I, you know, what I sense is that a lot of laborers get sidetracked or have issues when a a number of people are crowding around telling a woman what to do, where to go, how to speak, what to say, who should be there, what, where they should be touching everything else. Instead of just being like, let's listen to this body, her body and respond to it. And, uh, from a film perspective, I just told the entire crew, like, let's be, let's feel like we are within eight feet of her at all times. And sometimes, you know, with the tight shots, it feels like you're six inches from her, yeah. uh, certainly. Um, and you, you know, you touched on this moment, the, the description of a contraction. And I think, you know, if you want to distill this film into, you know, one core idea, uh, to me, it's that like a contraction, why don't we experience a full contraction? Ever, you know, when we see birth on film, yeah. it's always you're getting like one to four percent of the actual labor. Maybe you know, I, I don't true. have the exact numbers here, but you never get a full contraction. And if you do get a contraction, you're probably not seeing her face. And if you are seeing her face, it's probably from thirty feet away, and you see seven other people around yeah. this woman in labor. Yeah. So. I mean, if we're going to use these words like sacred and holy to describe birth, then the then films 
that depict birth need to meet those descriptions at this, like, you know, really exceptional level. And to me, my number one core objective from a, a director's perspective was to have, you know, to create the most artistic documentary about birth that I could, you know, conceive of. That was, that was my number one aim, you know, without sugarcoating anything. That was essential, you know. And and you nailed it. I really love the fact that you were able to pair um, the, just this 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 beautiful the art, and that that's the that's the right word. Just the art behind this experience. And I mean, I, I I've never seen I've never seen a film that was just on this one experience that didn't have experts coming in and giving commentary that didn't cut to other things. It was just her and the moment I won't I won't spoil the end for people because there mm-hmm. was a moment at the end the way that she engages with with new baby um, that I had never mm-hmm. seen before that was so it was so perfect and it felt like I don't know Emily but it felt exactly the way that Emily would engage you know where she kind of crouches over the baby um, I don't mm-hmm. know it's it's amazing I I truly urge everyone listening right now to go and and rent and watch this movie. Go watch These Are My Hours because it's <laughs> thank you. Oh, it's moving. It it's it's really awesome and it's it's you know, it's normalizing birth. It's normalizing birth. And we talked about this before we hit record also, especially with men, how much porn has influenced our view of women's bodies and sexuality and all of that stuff and how it can get tangled in there in the world of birth and i know we're running into the end of our of our time so mm-hmm. will you just will you just drop a little seed mm-hmm. in on that conversation because you and i are actually going to do a follow-up conversation mm-hmm. all around about porn relationship men's relationship to porn that we will mm-hmm. uh, air on my podcast having it all but for now let's just just give a little taste of that because that's that's part of this yeah i mean in terms of the audience response you know i mentioned that 20 something year old woman has 70 something year old man but let me just tell you about this image because this is profound to me and this is also why birth needs like i think if you if we want to revolutionize or change how people understand birth I like I understand I totally respect the critique of the patriarchy. I understand that, you know, I'm not trying to make any comment on that. Having said that, I think it starts right now with getting men excited about birth. For me personally, that's my own opinion that men and you know, case in point, Russell Brand. Of all the birth stories that were written in the last five years, Russell Brand may have written one of the best birth stories I've ever encountered. And here's this funny, you know, bloke from the UK who just got birth right. Um, but in terms of my experience watching this film and the after, aftermath of the film, I saw a big burly dude, bearded dude in Asheville, North Carolina, probably six feet, three inches tall, wiping tears from his eyes, sort of shaking a bit, walking up to Emily after our Q&A and just saying to her, you know, and kind of like fumbling or mumbling with his words saying, you know, would it be okay if, if I give you a hug? And to me, that says it all. And I asked Emily, I'm like, why is it that these dudes who have nothing to do with birth are so excited about the film? And her point is that for a lot of them, they may have never seen a woman naked on the screen 
or a woman who's naked and intense and in these certain, you know, kind of what, what you call maybe pornographic positions if you were in a different, in a different context. But, you know, a woman in these positions, naked, screaming, working her way through labor, they've never seen this, you know, because, and, and, and not had pornographic or sexual thoughts. Yeah, it's it's always been the case that when guys, you know, I can speak for myself as well, you know, when we see a, a naked woman's body, it's often in like a pornographic context, and you know, not one iota of my brain up until age thirty three would say to myself, "Oh, that's you know, that's uh, that woman is." That's a, that's a mother of three. You know, that woman, I want to hear about her birth story. Or like, oh, that's a great position to be in when you're trying to be in the transition phase of labor. And so I just think, like, there's so much education to do. And, you know, to, to pay a compliment to you right now, you're a major teacher. You know, the, the birth world, I, you know, I, I don't know much about how much you're dialoguing with men, but the birth world needs more men to be speaking about their experiences engaging with birth. It's just so necessary. Um, and I think it could be so fruitful as long as everyone comes to that conversation with, you know, sort of a present tense focus. Like, what are the actual steps that we can do so that guys are taking birth seriously, are respecting and appreciating the birth journey and becoming more involved in a positive way. Like that is, that should, those should be the calls to action. If you want to, if you ask me about like this, our conversation, I want to hear like a hundred guys saying, where can I learn? uh, Where can I go to a, a birth workshop? And not just because my partner is dragging me there, you know, you know, because she's forcing me to go. But I want to hear about guys talking together, growing out about birth at bars, at coffee shops, wherever. Um, you know, that matters to me so damn much. And obviously, we are in the Me Too era. And, a lot, you know, there's just countless ways. I mean, I certainly feel bad about, you know, the, the guilt of being a man and, and having grown up in this porn-saturated culture. And, I, you know, I don't have any grand answer other than to, I can say that birth has helped me understand women a lot better and, you know, in the female form a lot better. I still have so much work to do, but now that I have been around all these wise women who do birth work, I feel a, a whole lot healthier in my perspective on, you know, women. Absolutely. Wow. I love your call to action. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, for, for you men listening, you know, reach out to us at the podcast. You know, if you want to reach out to Scott, we'll connect you. Um, Scott, can you tell everybody where they can go to to watch the film, where they can go to learn more about you, what you're doing, connect with you, all that great stuff? Yeah, sure. Uh, our website is just thesearmyhours.com. You know, we're on uh, Facebook, which is These Are My Hours, and they can watch the film through Vimeo On Demand by just typing in These Are My Hours. And, uh, you know, I'm open if anyone wants to reach out, just email us through the website, and I'd love to hear their feedback on the film. Um, and I And we're also obviously on, like, Twitter and Instagram and these other social media platforms. So please do reach out and... Uh, post your thoughts. And, you know, if I could ask one thing from your listeners, it would be that if you do watch the film and you dig it, 
please spread the word, especially to people outside of the birth world, because we need all the help we can get to get this groundswell uh, momentum going for the project and really get us get this film out there. You know, it's going to take all the help we can get because certainly no one in Hollywood is has given me really the time of day uh, yet. But having said that, we've been getting a unanimously positive response to the film, and I'm continuously taking meetings with sales reps and distributors, and I hope that we will get to a point where this this movie is out there worldwide in a really meaningful way. So I appreciate all the help we can get. Awesome. And and share with me real quick, what's the next big goal with the film so that you know, I can can put energy around it. Sarah can put energy around it. All the listeners can. So, what's the next big goal for these are my hours? I'd say that our next step is that we're trying to do you know screening events worldwide. Um, we're we're about to launch that option um, so that people can do screenings at birth centers, birth clinics, at universities, at libraries, um, in community spaces. That's our 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 one big goal in terms of outreach. Um, and then, you know, really just driving more viewership towards Vimeo. That is uh, integral as well. So um, it's just word of mouth. The biggest goal is social media, word of mouth. Um, we're doing something that is very, very daunting for an independent filmmaker. Um, and given, like my last film was on PBS about a woman with Alzheimer's disease. And so we had a built-in platform through PBS. But with this film, we are, it's all about rallying for the cause and, you know, the cause is respect and appreciation for birth. So to the extent that you all are able to, to use, utilize the film and champion the film, uh, we will love, would love the support. Awesome. And we will be putting uh, links to everything that we've been talking about in this episode in the show notes over at diahpodcast.com. And Scott, man, I just want to tell you, I am so appreciative for everything that you have done. Um, and continue to do uh, for the birth world, for men, for mamas, for, for all of them. And just thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. Thank you. And same to you. Absolutely. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.